Next on BYU Sports Nation, from bad to good and low to high, where and when will the BYU football high point happen in the 2017 season? World traveler Dennis Pitta joins the show today from London. What improvements does he expect to see from BYU against Utah State? Plus four of BYU's remaining opponents in college football's bottom 25. Big deal or no deal? It's Friday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. It's Friday. We are live. BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. September 22nd, a day of significance. Not as big as September 21st and the caffeine, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. People call it caffeine gate, caffeine uh, escape. Nobody's been to sleep, by the way. (laughs) Everybody's just been up since yesterday. (laughs) Nobody on campus went to sleep. Still, a day of significance because it's the first day of fall. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who accurately predicted the fall equinox, Jason Shepard. I'm such a big fan, I drive a Chevy Equinox. <laughs> I do not. Uh. <laughs> For a second, I was like, wait, really? You no, I do not. Equinox? I do not. It is the first day of fall, and sur- surprise, surprise, at least here in Provo, it's really cold, hence wearing a sweatshirt. Utah weather. Yeah, it is, it is quite chilly today. I was hot earlier this week. I felt hot in this week. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A couple of days. I was like, oh, what is the heat getting? To go from sweating to shivering in a matter of about two days, welcome to fall. Yeah, well, like only Utah weather can do in the fall. Summer's over, Jason. Caffeine's on campus. Now what? What happens now? Now we get back to business, <laughs> the business of sports. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? That's today? what we're doing. Okay. So the the caffeine has your caffeine high has it worn off? Um the the caffeine high, yes. The euphoria of having the caffeine is is not. Okay. That will be with us. That story yesterday. From Matt Eyestone? No, 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 well, I'm talking about just the, the story that just blew oh. up. I mean, it was it was not a local story. I mean, it certainly was a local story. But that went national. That was a big, big story. That was a fun day. When the Associated Press <laughs> and Newsweek and CNN are all tweeting about BYU lifting the ban on caffeines for the first time since the 50s. Yeah. I think what I will— Everybody will remember this day. Where were you yes, when this happened? Yes, and the other thing that I will remember from yesterday is how we ended the show. That we had the, the Coke spit take— Yes. Uh, at the very end of the show as we were wrapping things up. The Coke up. Chug. Yes. Shout out to Lindsay Lewis. Yes, that was so production great. Assistant. She made her TV debut great. like only she could do. <laughs> so great. Rest in peace to the carpet. We will honestly, <laughs> we will never have a better ending to BYU Sports Nation than that. <laughs> Why not relive the moment once again, Jason? Okay, one props for like trying to chug warm Coke, but oh my goodness. Like... <laughs> and then she continued after that's the a initial, trooper after the initial spit take. Yes, <laughs> she went right back to it. And to see the reaction yeah. of the people in the background, some of which are related know, to are her. related to her. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll do our best today, okay? <laughs> We're, we'll do our best. Try and top that, guys. Ad, now, adding that video did help our Friday show just a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully, it gets better with today's headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. There's a full slate of Cougars in the NFL this weekend. Kai Nakua, technically Jordan Leslie, kind of. And the Cleveland Browns face the Indianapolis Colts. Kyle Van Noy, Harvey Longy, and the New England Patriots take on the Houston Texans. John Denny and the Miami Dolphins. He's the team barber. Did you know that? I did know that. Very good. That's because you watched the show. They play the New York Jets. Ziggy Ansah, fresh off his three-sack performance. And the Detroit Lions have a date with the Atlanta Falcons. That's a good one. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers battle the struggling Cincinnati Bengals. Also, Daniel Sorensen and the first place Kansas City Chiefs. That's for you, Jason. Thank you. Face Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers. It's still weird to have Los Angeles Chargers. I saw a report yesterday that the NFL is all, there are already grumblings about getting the LA Chargers back to San Diego because it has not been well received. They in should LA. go back to San Diego. Absolutely, they should. Can San Diego pony up for a new stadium? They better if Let's they want the go, NFL. You don't, when you have the NFL, you don't lose the NFL. Yeah, it sounds wrong. I agree. You don't Chargers, lose the NFL. The L.A. Chargers sounds like a fake team. It does. It's like the replacements, right? And when I see the little graphic where it says LAC, I'm like, what is it, the Clippers? Exactly. I think That's, the, I think, the of the Clippers. The Clippers are playing in the NFL yes, now? Yes, yes. Boo. Uh, speaking of California, number nine, BYU women's volleyball swept Santa Clara in its WCC opener last night. Ronnie Jones-Perry led the team with 19 kills. The Cougars continue their road trip at San Francisco tomorrow, an afternoon match, 3 p.m. Eastern time. BYU in the top ten and showing no signs of slowing down. They are a fantastic team. They are so good. Seems like, again, it will be BYU or San Diego coming out of the West Coast Conference in volleyball. Cougars on the south field pitch. BYU women's soccer taking on Utah Valley tonight in the Crosstown Classic. 9 Eastern, you can watch that game live on BYU TV. I'll be on the call with Natalie Lewis and Lauren McLean. If you're in your car and you want to listen on the radio, Greg Rebell has the call as well. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair currently tied. At uh, 23rd, at 200 par at the DAP Championship Open, Daniel Summerhays tied at 50 at number at 3 under par also. So uh, we'll see how those goes. We'll update you throughout the show. Okay, there you go. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The low of lows. To the high of highs, Jason. We've talked a lot about BYU football being mired in a tough place. No way around it. One in three with the way that BYU has lost. It stinks. And if, Jason, BYU, hypothetically, were to lose to Utah don't e- State. Don't even bring it up. Don't even bring it up. I've got to go there, man. Because it's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has started one in four just one time since 1973. Once in 44 years. Now, here's the irony of this, Jason. It happened in 2010. Do you know who the fourth loss came against? Um, would that be Utah State? That is correct. BYU trying to avoid a similar situation. After that game, defensive coordinator Jaime Hill lost his job. BYU turned the corner 
team that Brian Logan played on his senior season, went on to finish 7-6 and six with a bowl game win. The Cougars obviously need a win over the Aggies one week from today to avoid a similar 1-4 start. Why do we bring that up? Because just maybe, just maybe it is turning the page to working toward the high point of the BYU football season. So, yes, enough of the lows. Let's focus on what is the projected high point. That brings us to our Twitter question. What will be the high point of the 2017 BYU football season? First tweet, at our green ha, sipping a cold Coke while beating Boise State. That's going to happen. That can actually happen happen. in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yes, it can. I would imagine that will happen a lot at Lavelle (laughs) Edwards Stadium. I don't know if cold drinks are necessarily going to be the thing that fans want that night. I hope it's warm in early October. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's a couple weeks away. I mean, that's the weather could be considerably different by then. Who cares, though? Sipping a Coke while BYU beats Boise State, that's going to happen. Okay, at our Green Haw, some optimism right there. What is the high point for BYU football? I think there are a number of different scenarios, and I have – you know, listed them out and and thought about it. For me, Jason, the high point of the 2017 BYU football season will be the day BYU becomes bowl eligible. Okay? So you're not going with a specific game or play or player's performance? I think that there is one specific scenario that would outdo that. But for me, I just keep coming back to, look, when BYU gets bowl eligible, a lot of people will feel better about the status of the Cougars and the direction of the football program right now. Because that means that they stuck with Ty Detmer's offense and things started to work because they started to win games. Even if it's against competition they should beat on paper, getting bowl eligible seems like a big deal for a lot of BYU fans. Now, the one thing I do think that would automatically beat that is if BYU could string together two wins in a row, Utah State and Boise State, get to 3-3 three and three before they go to Mississippi State, and I think that that would be a needed high point for a lot of BYUSN. Needed. Yeah, sure, I can understand that. Here's the way I look at the bowl eligibility. I'm not concerned about bowl eligibility. BYU is going to be bowl eligible. I agree with I mean, you. They, they have nine games left. I still think they're winning at seven of the nine at least. I mean, I, th- I think that that's very doable. Okay. And I know there's some people that are, maybe think I'm crazy. but I, So I, I, don't, I don't think bowl eligible is, is that big of a, of a concern. But I understand what you're saying, that for certain fans, that is a big concern for them right now. I get it. But for me, I do go to a specific game. And I think the biggest opportunity for a high point is BYU's game at Mississippi State. It is an SEC team, and, and again, no, 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 I'm not saying that they're doing it. I'm saying, I'm saying that is the biggest opportunity for yes. the high point. BYU has a 3% chance currently, according to the ESPN Football Power Index, of winning said game. Because ultimately what I'm going with is the home win over Boise State. I think that is realistic. Okay. It is at home. Okay. The home team has won all of these games. In the last five years, yes. that's the truth. So. That, to me, is the most realistic high point and maybe what I expect. Now, but like I said, if you go on the road at Mississippi State, nobody expects you to win that game. As you mentioned, 3%, according to Football Power Index, chance to win that game. That would certainly trump 
any win over Boise State if you're going on the road and beating an SEC team. So right now, though, I, I think I'm going to – my answer will be beating Boise State at home. I think that's going to be the high point. Okay, so that is – would you say that's your realistic high point? Yes, I think that, that is my realistic high point. Wow. I think that's, I think that's realistic. It's a couple more weeks from now. You have, like you said, so a lot of it would have to do too with how you play against Utah State. And if you see, work, that's why I can't go. Yes, BYU will be Boise State. Yeah, so that's why I, I'm putting that all in that BYU figures it out, plays well against Utah State, takes that momentum into a home game against Boise State, a regional rival. I, that's where I think this is going. BYU currently mired in a low point. What will the high point of the 2017 season be? Hashtag BYUSN. There are a number of things. Jason thinks it's going to be BYU's win over Boise State, although the biggest opportunity, undoubtedly, yes. is against Mississippi State. Followed secondly by beating UNLV. No. <laughs> What's the high point? The day caffeinated soda was announced for sale on campus? People joked about that yesterday. <laughs> We've had a couple people mention that today. Exactly, and I think that they're serious. How about winning whatever bowl game BYU qualifies for? I mean, if BYU could get to three and three for me, I would. Just, that would be, oh, that's crazy, right? Oh, they're three and three. Given what has happened in the first four games, but how many times have we seen that? Well, it's a slow start. They find themselves at five hundred, and then. They're on. They're on another run. Yes. I mean, yes, we have. That's seen the that. way the schedule I plays out. I hope we see it again. It just feels a little bit different this year, though. It feels a little bit different than previous years when that has happened. So I'm tempering. I'm <laughs> tempering and hoping to have them exceed my expectations. Let's go to the Twitter machine for a few tweets, shall we? You got tweets at Razorcoog. Has to be a bowl win. This team is at the base of the mountain looking up, and the climb starts now. So not just getting bowl eligible, a bowl win. I like that. That was, was very eloquent. I, I enjoyed that. Also, uh, at Matarama01, a home win against uh, Boise State. <laughs> Hashtag Spuddy Buddy. Coming up, big deal, no deal, BYU football being ranked in the bottom 25? But first, how much improvement can the BYU football team really make in a week? Dennis Pitta has lived it quite a few times. He'll answer it next from London. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I'm chuckling because I have read quite a few of the responses coming in. And people... There seems to not be a ton of hope right now, okay? <laughs> like the best point of the season, I'm hearing next year's spring game, next year's first game, the end of the season. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Or don't because you're allowed to feel what you want to feel. And they're funny tweets to read. <laughs> Women's soccer hosts UVU tonight at Southfield. You can catch it live on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can listen to it on BYU Radio. What will the high point of the 2017 BYU football season be? Hashtag BYUSN at JJ underscore Crow 3 says, The offense finding itself going 8-1 and one in the final stretch. Okay. BYU did that last year, but BYU also had five guys that are on NFL rosters right now. Look, 
I think BYU can go seven and two out of the net. So eight. Yes. I mean, I understand. Yes, seven and two is feasible. Eight and one would be a tall task because the confidence is low. Maybe if they come out and, as at JNLs twenty one asks, beats Utah State by seventy points as his high point, then maybe the swagger returns and they can do that. But man, just just beat Utah State. Just start with that, and then we'll see. Don't you think, honestly? And and we we had this conversation um, with Greg Rubelli. He, he called the Utah State game a linchpin game. It totally is. Don't you think though that the perception immediately changes? I mean, instantly, if they have a good showing at Utah State, qualify good showing, I, I, like a convincing win where the offense looks good, everybody plays well. You, you you win a game that you're supposed to in a manner that you're supposed to. Don't you think it changes? Morale immediately? I think morale changes if BYU just finds a way to win, at least within the team. Not so much the fan base, but if BYU finds a way to win, then that will help the psyche of the team immensely. I agree agree with that. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline from across the pond is our international football (laughs) beat reporter, Dennis Pitta, All-American at BYU, Super Bowl champion, Dennis What's the weather like in London right now? Hey guys, it's uh, it's a little chilly out here right now. To be honest, it's uh, it's in the high fifties, low sixties, but sun's shining. It's a lovely day out here. What's the best thing you've done in London thus far? Um, well, we took a red eye last <laughs> night. <laughs> okay, and. We're supposed to sleep on the plane. I don't sleep well on planes, and I didn't get a comfortable lay-down seat like all the players did. I've been, you know, moved to the back of the plane <laughs> in, in my new role. So I didn't sleep too well. So I got into London, and I've uh, taken a couple naps here in my hotel room. That's about the extent of my London trip so far. Okay. Well, see, for those that may not know, you're in London as part of the Ravens broadcast team, Ravens taking on the Jaguars. Had you ever been to London before this? I haven't. This is my first time, and... uh I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. We're going to do a little sightseeing later today and tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're out here. We're, we're calling the game on Sunday versus the Jaguars. Should be fun. I was actually contemplating doing this entire interview with a British accent, but <laughs> I was working on it, and it didn't come off too Can well. Can you give so us I, a taste? I it last second. Will you give us a taste of what it was going to sound like? <laughs> no. <laughs> I bet you have a good British accent, though, Spencer. I'll t- Let's hear yours. Hello, Dennis. Joining us from across the pond, I'm better at my Scottish accent. Dennis, what do you think of the BYU Cougars and how they're playing football right now? That is pretty good. That is an impressive Scottish accent for sure. Okay. I was watching a lot of DuckTales, I think yeah, is what that well, was. Well, actually, it's from So I Married an Axe Murder, if you've ever <laughs> seen that movie. Uh, Dennis, while you're in London, you're still keeping tabs on BYU football, obviously, and uh, like the rest of us have had almost a week to kind of digest what happened against a really good Wisconsin team. What is your take on the overall state of BYU football right now? Like, are you hitting the panic button? Where, where are you? <laughs> um, well, fortunately, it's a bye week this week. I don't know if I'd be able to get the, la- the game here in London tomorrow. but So I lucked out in that department. But, you know, the, the state of the program is interesting right now. I know a lot of fans are probably um, not very optimistic about the season. One thing you have to understand is over these first few weeks, We've played some really good teams and uh, and teams in very good conferences. And so you look at LSU, I know you know what they did a week ago against uh, 
who was it? Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't look too pretty, but, you know, when they played us, I think it's still a very good football team and certainly a team with a ton of talent. And you look at Wisconsin, I mean, could they have played a better game offensively against us? I don't think so. Um, and they're going to be one of the top teams in the Big Ten when all is said and done. So you have to look at the strength of schedule over these first four weeks and understand that, you know, the back end of the schedule is not going to be nearly as difficult as those first four games were. And so I think everybody needs to take just kind of a deep breath. And this bye week I think will help, especially, you know, for for those within the program, players and coaches, to take a look at everything very closely, understand what was working, what wasn't. I think we're all concerned about the offense, and, I, you know, Ty Detmer and, and Coach Kalani are going to take a hard look at those specific things and see where we can maybe tailor things more to our personnel and what we can throw out and what we can move forward with. And so uh, this is a big bye week for this program, and, you know, I heard you guys mention uh, Utah State being a, a linchpin game, and I completely agree with that. Last week, Tanner Mangum did not start. He's injured. Bo Hodge got the start at quarterback for BYU. They, Cougars didn't throw a ton. Uh, he did throw two picks. But overall, I think the, the impression was pretty good for Bo Hodge. What did you see from him? Well, you know, Bo is, uh, is a good player, and he made some really good throws in that game, used his legs effectively, I think, in spots. But overall, his inexperience showed a little bit, and you saw that in a couple of those interceptions trying to force some throws downfield. You know, he's going to be a good player with time, but, you know, how much time is he really going to get? You know, when is Tanner going to be back in the lineup? And so certainly things to, you know, be hopeful for with Bo Tanner, but – or Bo Hodge, sorry. There's a Bo Tanner too, right? I'm yep. mixing up names. Yeah, yeah, yes, no, yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hopefully – you know, Tanner can get back in the lineup and, and provide some consistency for this offense. The last thing you want to do with a struggling offense is now have question marks at quarterback, who's going to be playing, who isn't. And so it'll be interesting to see how healthy Tanner is coming out of this bye week. Now, we are assuming that Bo Hodge will be the starter against Utah State. We don't know for sure because BYU is not announcing the length or, I guess, uh, severity of injuries unless it's a season-ending one. But if Bo Hodge is the quarterback in Logan against Utah State, what do you expect this BYU offense to do against the Aggies? Well, I think you have to really tailor this offense to Bo's strengths, and that's obviously his running ability. Um, I think get him short, quick throws where he can get the ball out of his hand quickly, where he's got decisive reads. You don't want him dropping back and having to go through multiple progressions. I think you want to get him on the move with some play action, um, zone read stuff, do some things to kind of mix it up. And, and, you know, we saw a little bit of that in the Wisconsin game. I'd like to see a lot more of that um, and kind of scrapping the traditional offense that we've seen over the last few weeks. Dennis, what are realistic improvements that can happen in a week's time? Uh, You can see drastic improvements. I mean, you look at football as as a whole, from the NFL to college football, teams change dramatically on a weekly basis. Um, You know, I've been doing a lot of prep work for this Jaguars game, and you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars in particular. Week one, they came out and defensively had 10 sacks, shut down the Texans, looked tremendous, ran the ball effectively. They came out week two, got one sack, gave up 37 points, 
in a blowout loss at home to the Titans. <laughs> I mean, those are two very different teams from week one to week two. You know, and we're trying to figure out what Jacksonville Jaguars team we're going to see this week. And so you look at football as a whole, so much improvement can be made from week one to week two. So much, you know, issues can be created, and injuries play a part of that from week to week. And so it's, a, it's an interesting game, and I think with uh, time in this bye week to kind of look back and see what the strengths and weaknesses are of, these te- of this team, a lot of improvement can be made. Who's the best player on BYU's football team right now, Dennis? I mean, I'll give you one from each side of the ball. It's difficult to say who's the best player when you're talking about offense and defensive football. I think they're very different. Okay. I would say defensively it's Fred Warner. I think we've seen him in a variety of, of roles, flying around the field, doing a lot of different things, and he's an NFL-caliber guy. You can see that in the way he hits and the way he runs and some of the plays he's made. Offensively, I'm going to say Matt Bushman has been the most impressive to me. Um, he's a guy who's been consistent over the first few weeks. He's made tough catches. He's been an outlet for quarterbacks. And, you know, I actually was able to have a conversation with Matt just a few days ago over the phone. And, um, you know, he's a guy that's eager to learn and get better at the position. He knows he's not a finished product yet. And so he reached out to me and wanted to see if I could give him any tips or coaching points, and we had a great discussion. He's a tremendous kid and and somebody who has a very bright future in that program. And he's been impressive to me over the last few weeks. Dennis Pitta joins us from London, international man of mystery, (laughs) all-American and Super Bowl champion, uh, calling the Jaguars-Ravens game as part of the Ravens broadcast team. When you look at the Utah State game, and I, I know this question gets made fun of a lot, but do you feel like this is a must-win for BYU if the Cougars are going to make a bowl game? Well, I, I don't know that it's a must-win to make a bowl game. I think it's a must-win you know, for the state of this program right now and, and for the mental psyche of this football team. I think if you go into Logan and lose that game against Utah State – that's going to be difficult to overcome the remainder of the season. Um, you know, confidence plays a big role in football. And you go up there and lose to a team that you really should beat, that's difficult to rebound from, especially the way this, this season has started. So, and one thing you have to realize, Utah State is not going to be, you know, a pushover up there at their home field. And this is a team that was tied with, with Wisconsin, you know, week one uh, at halftime. And so a very capable team, not, not a team you can overlook, and certainly a game that BYU has to win. Dennis, uh, what's the latest on Bronson Kafusi? Is there any update on his status with the Ravens? Well, you know, Bronson uh, has been inactive for the first few weeks of the season. He's healthy. He's, he's working hard. He's doing really well. We just have so many defensive linemen on this roster right now that he's having trouble finding the field. Um, he's a tremendous player with a lot of upside and, and a player that the organization has a ton of confidence in. Um, you know, it's just a numbers game at this point. But with some injuries last uh, week on the defensive line, you know, he, he might be able to get a shot and be active this week and get in the game. So, um, you know, Bronson's just kind of being patient. And I, I had a conversation with Bronson just last week, and, you know, he was kind of frustrated that he wasn't active for a lot of these games. And I told him, listen, my rookie year, 
which this is essentially his rookie year because he was out all last year. Right. I said I was inactive for a lot of games. I was the third tight end and, you know, <laughs> watched games in street clothes a lot from the sideline. And so um, I understand what he's going through, and it is frustrating. It's weird. You know, you, you come from college where everybody's suited up, everybody's, you know, ready and willing to play, and then you get to the NFL, you make the 53-man roster, and you can find yourself standing in street clothes watching on the sideline, not not given an opportunity to play. And so he's kind of going through that right now, but, you know, he, he's staying positive, and, and he knows he has a bright future. Dennis, great, great perspective on football, both at the NFL level and for BYU. We wish you many happy naps and some good sightseeing in London. Thank you. The Scottish accent is throwing me off, but cheerio. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. Dennis Pitt on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. That is a pretty good accent. I've worked really hard on that. I thank Mike Myers and <laughs> probably watching So I Married an Expert like 58 times. This is a great, great movie. Look at the size of that boy's head. It's like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> it does sound like Scrooge McDuck, too. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that's where he got it, but, you know, who knows. Coming up, BYU hockey coach Ed Gant breaks down this season's hockey team. Oh, yeah. Ice cold, baby. But first, big deal, no deal. BYU football being ranked in the bottom 25, along with a bunch of their future opponents. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Move your head. <laughs> Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, you can download the BYU Sports Nation podcast, get caught up on all the shows, all the interviews. If you missed Dennis Pitta, you can download, check that out later. You can download on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcast on. Dennis was great, and I really liked his answer when I said, is this a game that BYU has to win if they are to go to a bowl game? And he said, look, more than getting bowl eligible, this team just needs to win so that they can have some mojo, so that they can feel good about anything good happening the rest of the season. Yeah, well, that's what you said, you know, because I had mentioned this is a game BYU needs to go in and win a game the way they should win it, which I, I expect them to do against Utah State. Just win. But, and you said just win. And, and I mean, there's, there's certainly an argument for that right now. I, I completely understand that. Just go to Logan and win. Rediscover the winning feeling somehow, some way. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Holy cow. A busy NFL weekend for several former BYU footballers. Kai Nakua and the Browns face the Colts. Kyle Van Noy, Harvey Longy, and the New England Patriots take on the Texans. John Denny and the Dolphins face the New York Jets. Ziggy Ansa had three sacks on Monday night in a forced fumble. Now he's going to try and take down Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. The score in the third quarter was 28-3, to Jason. It was 28-3. to Run the ball on the Falcons of the Super Bowl champions. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Daniel Sorensen and Jason Shepard's Chiefs face Michael Davis and the L.A. Clippers. I mean, Chargers. Maybe soon to be San Diego Chargers again. Who go knows? back to San Diego, Seriously. please. Go back, to, go back to the Murph. Back to the Murph. I know it's a nightmare, and it will take a monument effort to get him back to San Diego. And it'd be like, why'd we go? 
the Chargers belong in San Diego. Yes, they do. Number nine, BYU women's volleyball swept Santa Clara in its WCC opener last night. Ronnie Jones-Perry led the Cougars with 19 kills. BYU continues its road trip in California on the road at San Francisco tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern time. BYU women's soccer hosting Utah Valley tonight in the Crosstown Classic at Southfield. 9 p.m. Eastern, you can watch that game live right here on BYU TV. Also listen on BYU Radio. And Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair currently tied for 23rd at 200 par at the DAP Championship Open. Also, Daniel Summerhays tied for 62nd at 2 under par. Now, wait a second. One's tied at 23rd, and the other is at 62nd, but they're both 2 under par. So we probably need to look in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. I will read anything that you put in front of me. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Who put a question mark in the prompter? It's time that we play <laughs> Big Deal, No Deal. Energy is Big, big. Deal, No Deal. Presented by a brand new sponsor, Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. That is definitely a big deal. Number one. Big deal, no deal. No news from BYU football during the bye week. I say it's no deal. I mean, what? Do, I, I, I don't know what we're wanting. I mean, they're at work. I think that's probably good news, you know? I, I don't think it's a big deal. They're doing their thing. Probably trying to get some rest and and get things going. I, I don't think it's a big deal that no news has come out. Now, when your from your take, I agree with that. I'll say it's a big deal because generally when news comes out during the bye week, it's not good news. Okay, so it's a big deal okay. that there was no news because typically in a low time, given this season and the juncture that BYU is in right now, I can't imagine. News coming out during the bye week would be good news. So I say big deal that there is no news because it means things are okay. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU football being ranked in the bottom 25. I will say no deal. This is, this is one person's opinion. Jason, you're no deal. I know. Well, look, here's the deal. No pun intended. Here's the thing <laughs> about this. It's one person's opinion. Yeah, BYU is not playing great. But just because someone says that you're in the bottom 25 doesn't necessarily mean that you are. Now, BYU is not playing great. But you look at the teams that are in there, all teams BYU should beat, okay? And they're going to get an opportunity to face some of these teams this year. So I, I still say it's, it's no deal. It doesn't need to define who you are. If it were just one person saying things like that, then I would say it's no deal. But, Jason, the national rhetoric is all the same. It's a big deal because BYU football is on the radar for all the wrong reasons to the national guys, plural. It's not just one dude. Granted, the bottom 25 is put together by one guy, but... I mean, there are several people that are openly poking fun at BYU's struggling offense. I think that is a big deal, and I hope it fires BYU up. I think that as much as they try and block it out, if some of it does seep through, and it will, use it to fire you up and go show people what you are about. Like, take it as motivation. 
that you're in the bottom 25. Yeah, bottom 25 this, Utah State. That's what I want BYU to do. Number three. Speaking of the bottom 25, and Jason mentioned this as well, big deal, no deal. Four of BYU's future opponents this season also ranked in the bottom 25, including the worst team ranked ECU. Okay, here's the deal. I would be a hypocrite if I said this was a big deal, that they're in it, and not for BYU. I will still say no deal for the same reasons that I said before. (laughs) If you need motivation that they're in the bottom 25 to go beat these teams that you should beat, East Carolina and San Jose State and UNLV, no deal. You're still going to beat these teams. Isn't it funny how the paradigm we look at things with can be totally different? Because I think it's a huge deal <laughs> that BYU's schedule lightens up so much that they but have I can't four say future big deal opponents. Here, if I said no. no deal on the other, BYU needs this after facing the gauntlet in the early season. It's a big deal for BYU to have the schedule lighten up so that they can win games, get bowl eligible, and get back to what BYU football does. And that is win, baby. That's a big deal that those teams that they should beat are on the schedule because they need it. Next. Last one. Big deal, no deal. Basing Spencer's good <laughs> Scottish accent <laughs> off of a Canadian actor's Scottish accent. <laughs> that is a big deal. Hey, Jason called it good. I said it was DuckTales. Is that good or bad? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe Mike Myers got it from DuckTales. I don't know. I'm just saying we're basing Spencer's quote-unquote good Scottish accent off of a cartoon and a movie with a Canadian actor. No, because it is a good accent. Dennis was the one that said it was pretty good. Somewhere BYU fans in Scotland are not impressed. (laughs) I think you could go to Scotland with that accent and fool some people. I I think it's a big deal. Let's let, let the people decide, okay? Remote in Scotland for BYU Sports Let's Nation. let the people decide. And, yeah, let's have a remote in Scotland. <laughs> William, turn off the Bay City Rollers. The soccer game's about to begin. It's classic. <laughs> hey, by the way, Ben, uh, I thought you were wearing a sweatshirt a little earlier. What's with, what's with the jacket? No, don't make fun of Ben's Letterman jacket. It's chilly in here. He worked hard for that, Jason. Ben doesn't want you to know we're wearing the same sweatshirt today. <laughs> <laughs> He worked hard for that Letterman's jacket, okay? We're talking about a guy that was a track and field superstar. I wanted us to be twins today. He apparently doesn't want that to happen. Coming up, there's a crosstown clash at Southfield tonight. (laughs) We'll explain in the Cougar Whip Around. First, BYU hockey coach Ed Gantz stops by to preview the Ice Cats. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B on a Friday. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Women's soccer in action tonight hosting Utah Valley at Southfield. You can catch it live on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you're driving around in your car, you can listen on BYU Radio as well. What will be the high point of the 2017 BYU football season? At Laser Sheep with this tweet. The caffeinated drinks announcement has been a hit so far, (laughs) but Mississippi State or Boise State, Mm -hmm. a win against one of those teams, would change that. BYU needs it badly. But I said, I said, I think it's going to be a Boise win at home. 
but certainly a win at Mississippi State trumps all. You would think if BYU can beat Boise State, they would have to beat Utah State before that. I, I just don't, psychologically, I don't see how BYU comes home and beats Boise State if they start 1-4. and four. Right, but I don't think they're starting 1-4. and four. Okay. I don't. All right. Just win. Get to 3-3. Three and three. That would be fantastic and worthy of a high point mark for BYU football. Joining us now in Studio B and making his show debut is BYU head hockey coach Ed Gant. Ed, welcome to Studio B. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Now, should we call the BYU hockey team the Ice Cats? or what? What's, no, what's not the, anymore. Oh, okay, just yeah. the Cougars. Yeah, we are the BYU Cougars. We've been the BYU Cougars since the 2007 season. Before that, we were, weren't recognized by the university. We were just a, a kind of an informal club. We were okay. the Provo Ice Cats. But the minute uh, the university said uh, you can be part of the extramural program and wear the Y, then we became the Cougars, and we're, we're proud of that. And we will make sure that happens each and every day Excellent. from here on well, now, and Now, you, you brought something for us to put on our, on our set. You brought a very cool puck. Look at that. I know Harrison Collier on our staff gigantic hockey fan he is going to probably try and come and take this uh but yeah thank you very much for that he can take all he wants we'll make more <laughs> yeah we'll find yeah front and center for the hockey yeah, yeah, yeah. in let's, fact right now let's, yeah, let's, put let's it up go there. ahead and just do that right now that is sweet looking down goes the john beck card and then <laughs> goes the byu hockey puck nice. the season starts october 5th uh at home against uh metro state What's the feeling like right now around the BYU hockey program as uh, you start up again? We're really excited. We've had uh, some real success over the past couple of years. Uh, last year, just a terrific season. We're, uh, we're returning the majority of our players from previous seasons, so a good, solid core that's experienced. Um, and uh, we, we start our games a little bit later than most of the other teams. Uh, we're spending all of September practicing, and we do that on purpose because I want uh, I want these guys hungry. I want them to play, yeah. and they're just they're biting. They're just gnawing. They want to go. They want to go play, and uh, so it's very exciting to to see what's going to come together. It's going to be a great season. Give fans an idea of what type of team they'll see. Uh, a very fast, um, skilled team. Oh, I mean, we speed. got we got some guys uh, that know how to dangle the puck and they know where to put the biscuit right they uh we got guys uh returning from last season um a couple of guys who had uh, points in the in the upper 40s in wow. you know 28 games upper 50s things like that um we're very fast we're focused on that we're not we got some big guys but we're not a big team um so we make up for it by being speedy and skilled ed gant the head coach of byu hockey with us on byu sports nation Who's your go-to hockey team? Like, when you think about a great hockey team, it could be somebody from the past or somebody right now, but when you're coaching up your team and you're drawing from that perspective, who's the go-to for you? Um, all my players will know this automatically. Uh, I'm a huge Pit- Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so. good to be a Pens fan, man. Crosby. Love that guy. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, but also, as a coach, I take a lot of inspiration from Herb Brooks, who was the head coach for the 1980 Miracle on Ice team. Uh, 
he just, uh, I think he was a brilliant visionary and a terrific coach, and I bring a lot of that. Uh, my guys, uh, they know that too. Uh, they're sitting, probably if they're watching this, they're thinking, yeah, I know, we've, we've had to skate a lot. <laughs> again, again, again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so those, uh, the Penguins are very inspiring to me right now. They're very fast. They, they move the puck very quickly. Got a lot of skilled guys. We do a lot of things that they do. What would it take for you guys to get Spencer Linton in the gear and between the pipes taking Bring it on. pucks off of the face? I, get, I can get the gear right now. <laughs> Let's go! Delivered I'm, right now. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. We okay, got maybe some, a little we got scared. some cushy little pucks that we can use so you won't get hurt. <laughs> little soft ones that we use with the, the five and the, the six-year-olds. The six-year-olds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? I, well, I mean, it sounds like you're up for it, so I think we need to make this happen. Okay. Yeah. Future between the lines segment? Ooh. Maybe? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you look good in a goalie's mask. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, let's cover this yeah, thing up, right? There we go. <laughs> let's cover this thing up. I saw an article in ESPN, the magazine, about the toughness of hockey players and could not believe what they go through. Yeah. Just different guys in the NHL that have had, like, 32 stitches in his right cheek, came back in 20 minutes later. And it's like, what, what in the world? Why, why is it that hockey players in general, where do they get the toughness from? Why, why are they so tough? I think it's drilled into them from the time they're very young. Uh, just the expectation. There are so many stories uh, about uh, NHL players. I mean, all the way back into the... Back in the day with the Toronto Maple Leafs, back in the, what, the 50s or something, Bobby Bowne, who, who goes in after the third period, he's got a broken ankle, he, he gets a cortisone shot, he goes out, he scores the game-winning <laughs> goal, you know. Amazing! Uh, stories like this, they just, they just grow up on that expectation and, uh, and, and toughen up. It's amazing, uh, not just the physical strength that they develop to deal with that, but also the mental strength. I think hockey players are incredibly mentally tough, and they learn that early, early on. Because it is a demanding sport. I mean, uh, I rem- I just recently uh, saw another ESPN story. I think it was uh, from Sports Science talking about how even though NFL football players are on average 20% heavier and bigger than hockey players in the NHL, NHL hockey players, the hits are 17% more powerful. Oh, good grief. Wow. I'm not kidding. Some of the best live experiences I've had in sport are watching hockey. You just can't understand the speed, the feel, yeah. the sound, until you witness it in person. It does not translate on TV. Right. you got to see the game. When you are there, it opens up a whole new dynamic in your mind. And, Coach, uh, congratulations, first of all, on uh, the turnaround for BYU hockey. Yeah. It's, it's been great to watch. We look forward to uh, exciting times Thank ahead. You. And we would love for you to sign our BYU Sports Nation flag. Oh. There's an honored guest of Studio like. B. Honored. Can we right. do that right now? Yes. You can do, do it right it. now. Autograph from Ed Gant going up on the flag. BYU Hockey on October 5th. Don't miss it. Coming up, eight former Cougars in the NFL. We'll talk about it in the whip around. And two Cougar teams open their seasons. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, international man of mystery, Dennis Pitta, joining us from London before his NFL broadcast of the Ravens and Jaguars. And we just spoke with the head coach of BYU Hockey, Ed Gant. They came bearing gifts. The puck is on the set right in front of me, and it will be for a very long time. Great to have them in studio. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. A full slate of Cougars in the NFL this weekend. Kainakua and the Browns face the Indianapolis Colts. Kyle Van Oy, Harvey Longy, and the Patriots will take on the Houston Texans. John Denny and the Dolphins play the New York Jets. Ziggy Ansa and the Lions face the Atlanta Falcons. Jamal Williams, maybe with more carries in the Green Bay Packers, will battle the Cincinnati Bengals. And Daniel Sorensen and the future Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, face Michael Davis and the L.A. Chargers. Volleyball. Number nine, BYU swept Santa Clara in their West Coast Conference opener. Ronnie Jones-Perry led the Cougars with 19 kills. Road trip continues at San Francisco tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. Soccer. Women's soccer takes on UVU tonight in the Crosstown Classic at Southfield, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch the game live right here on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair is currently tied for... <laughs> 23rd at two under par at the DAP Championship Open. And Daniel Summerhays tied for 62nd at one over par. We fixed the scores. Golf. BYU men's golf team opens up the season today at the William H. Tucker Invitational in New Mexico. Swimming and diving. BYU swim and dive travel north to face Utah in the relay meet of the year. BYU and Utah will face each other two more times this season. So maybe not of the year, but... One of the meets of the year. Soccer. BYU men's soccer begins their season as well as a club sport in Logan at Utah State University, (laughs) 7 p.m. Eastern time. They finish tryouts on Monday. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? (laughs) How crazy is that? Changing leagues. PDL to now collegiate soccer at the club level. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jason? Oh, wow. How about BYU women's volleyball? Okay. Ninth-ranked team in the country, taking care of business. They fell out of the top They just keep winning. The <laughs> they yes. just keep winning. Fantastic. Heather Olmstead, well-deserved. What will be the high point of the 2017 BYU football season? At JNL's 21 says, Mo Longy scoring a touchdown. <gasps> oh. That would be tough to beat. That'd be awesome. Our elite tweet of the day. How about you take it, Jason? Uh, at Loyal to the Royal, when Johnny Linehan executes a perfect fate punt on 4th and 19 at the two-yard line against Boise State, running 98 yards for a touchdown. Where's a red card? <laughs> hey, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to BYU Hockey. We'll see you on Monday.